It's beautiful outside, though. Yeah, I know. It was yesterday. I went out yesterday. Yeah, um, I went back inside a library and then Starbucks because the library closes at 5 p.m. Yeah, I know. That's what I hate about Saturday. I was trying to like buy stuff and everything closed at like 6. Oh my gosh, yeah. And I'm running around and then like the lights are turning off in the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, ah, okay. But yeah, I got my stuff. I have to go back to the grocery store today though because there's a couple things I just didn't manage to. They might close early, do they not? Because tomorrow is a holiday. Yeah, so it's probably like, I don't know what time they would close six, but like six is normal for Sunday anyways. That's true. Yeah. So, um, basically, like, we met mm-hmm. working at museum. Yes. Which means that we're both, like, interested in art and galleries. Yes. Stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. at the beginning of June, yeah, we went to um, a bunch of different galleries. Like, we did gallery hopping. Um, which is basically just like going to different galleries in the same day. (laughs) Um, And I think like the very first one that we went to, and it makes sense that it was the first one that we went to because we had the most energy then, where (laughs) (laughs) near the end of the day, we were just like, um... and it also got colder and rainier by the end of the day. So did it actually rain? It rained a little bit. Remember when we were leaving from shoppers? Oh, I think we had just missed the rain. Oh, I thought it was still raining, but I could just be imagining that. No, I think maybe like it was spitting a little bit, but it wasn't like... Pouring, no. Yeah, yeah, because I don't remember going home wet. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was probably spitting, you're right. Yeah, but I mean, the ground was like moist. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, anyway. Um... So we, at the first one we went to, we um, saw images of, like, history of human violence. Mm -hmm. And then you started telling the story, right, about um, how you actually spent, like, one of your birthdays. How old were you? I don't remember. I was, I know it was before grade three, but Uh I don't remember how old I was. So before grade three, in Canadian. Yeah. So in Uh Canadian levels that would be like uh, seven or eight years old seven or eight yes six I think so yeah yeah is it yeah yeah because yeah. <laughs> I remember like seven is grade two right yeah so grade three is eight like logically <laughs> I, just had, I just had like these snippets of memories of being um inside bunkers uh, actually, two snippets, like two really vivid memories. And one of them was just part of it is my mom telling me the story, and part of it is what I remember from it um, of like celebrating one of my birthdays in a bunker. Because there was um, helicopters going around, and we could hear the helicopters. So that means there's violence or something happening, and we can be above ground and we need to get shelter right and this is in sri lanka yeah in the northern part of sri lanka Mm -hmm. and the second one was um we were i guess fleeing so normally when the army moves in closer to where um where public are 
am I making sense? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Normally, when the army moves into a public area, they're supposed to announce that the army is moving in, and um, so the the residents of that area would um, move away from that area, would get out because if they stay back, they'll get hurt. Right. I mean, if the army is moving in, that's where the war is moving in closer and closer. There, right? So uh, during this event, my family and I were fleeing that area and at one point we had we heard helicopters so like i'm not sure if they're called bombers or like aircraft that could potentially be bombing areas so we had to find shelter uh so one of them one of the memories was me being in there and my parents putting um the hindu equivalent of a holy water but it's not water it's a powder and it's called vibhuti on our forehead and just praying so that we don't we won't get hurt and what war was this? This was just a, it's a civil war that was happening for a while between the Singhalese and the Tamils. The Tamil Tigers, right. yeah. I don't really know much about, too much about the history of how the war started or why it even happened. But I know a lot of civilians were affected. People who were not part of the war, but were Tamil were uh, affected. Mm-hmm. So when you say you celebrated your birthday, like what did you guys actually do inside the bunker? Like were you not afraid? Well, I I was I was still a kid, right? So for me, yeah. it was just like, ooh, this is cool. This is interesting, exciting things, right? Uh, I didn't feel that fear or the immediate danger of the situation, right? Because I wasn't old enough to realize how dangerous it was. I just knew, like, um, my family is there. Um, my uncle had to go upstairs to grab things from the house, but run back down. And um, it was just a cake. They wished they did happy birthday. I think that's what they do. It wasn't like a party party. It was just, like, people who were in the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. And, <laughs> like, did you ever sense from your parents, or if you can remember... Mm-hmm that something was wrong um well i knew why we have to move i i didn't actually go to one school prior to grade three i went to different schools because we were always moving around depending on where the war was happening or where the army was moving in we have to just keep moving i remember one point that this memory i have um of Somebody telling my dad, oh, the army is moving in. We have to leave the house. This is when we were with my dad's parents, my other uh, paternal grandparents. And everyone just kind of packed up and they all left. So my dad had a motorbike and it was four of us, including my brother, my mom and I. Uh, So my mom was a nurse. So she wasn't back from work yet. And she worked a little bit further away from where we were living. So my dad was just go to the bus stop, come back, and he I can sense the tension or the stress in him. He was, he was just like, oh, well, Amma isn't back yet. Uh, we have to leave. The army's coming. So I felt that tension, like, oh, shoot, Amma isn't here. We have to leave. There's danger coming. That Those portions I do remember. Mm. Uh, eventually, she did come, and we had we didn't really have much of a luggage or whatnot. It was just like a backpack full of things. And our mode of travel was the motorbike. So whatever we can 
um, take on the motorbike. So I would sit on the gas tank with my school bag, of course, <laughs> with my notebooks. Um, and my brother was a toddler, so like my mom had to carry him. Oh, my brother was a baby, not a toddler. Is that, is that the same thing? Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think a toddler. Yeah, no, I think a baby is like, they can't walk yet. Yeah. Well, he wasn't able to walk, so he's a baby. <laughs> okay. And then um, the other one that I can remember is, so because my mom was a nurse, she always was able to find a job at a hospital and hospitals are generally safe zones so they don't bomb hospitals Mm. so at one point we were staying at a staff um residency because my mom was able to get a job at the hospital so we were at the staff quarters for for that hospital and i could hear helicopters or the aircraft i could hear them and i remember my brother and i being scared and I can sense my dad was also scared, but he knew because it was a hospital, he'll be fine. Right. At least there was that. Yeah. So we did have that, like, I guess, privilege or uh, or just we just got lucky that way. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And these are all just like little snippets of memory. Yeah. Wow. Um, I think it's amazing also how, like, a story that someone else tells us, like, for example, our parents, mm-hmm. can evoke such a strong, like, vivid image that we think it's a memory as well. Yeah, so, like, when you were talking about my birthday in a bunker, I'm not sure how much of it is what I remember and how much of it I got from my family and that I put both of them together. So it's really hard to... Because I was so young, it was really hard hard for me. It's really still hard for me to divide up the two and be like, oh, this is what I actually remember. This is my story from my parents. And then put it together and mm-hmm. create that division. Mm-hmm. I think I do that all the time, too. <laughs> like, I take stories and then I... My brain does something and I subconsciously <laughs> remember it as a memory, even yeah. though it didn't happen to me. <laughs> I'm sure it happened to me. Because my 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 mom still um, talks about it. Oh, does she? Yeah, she does. Um, our house was also bombed, but we weren't living there. It was a row of four or five houses that was bombed, including my grandparents' grandparents's house, which is conveniently right beside my, our house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's still bombed. It it still hasn't been fixed, and my parents. My parents are trying to get it rebuilt again. Um, we weren't living there. There's someone else who was renting the place at that time. And one of the persons who was living there did get hurt. Because uh, um, just, you just have a bomb flying right into your house. Oh, my God. I saw some pictures of it. But um, it's not, thank God we weren't living there. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so, like, when your mom brings it up, is it just... Is there a reason or is it just matter of fact? It's just stories from back home that they like to talk about at times, um, especially when it comes to me because I, I, I guess I was a naughty child. This is like before the war started and or even during the war. <laughs> um, so she al- they always like to talk about stories about me. And every time there's somebody from back home that comes over, they have stories of how na- naughty I was or 
how at one time they celebrated my birthday in a bunker because, you know, they had to celebrate it. It was already planned, but then they, you know, they heard aircraft or things, so they had to go into the bunker. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm just curious because, like, my parents never, they never just offer up free information to us. <laughs> like, if we want to know. Yeah, you have to dig it out. Yeah, we would have to ask <laughs> and dig it out. And, like, we get mixed reactions. Like, sometimes my dad will just, like, scrunch his face up and be like, I don't remember. It was too long ago. Actually, I don't think it was a birthday. My bad. It was, um, you know, that event where you have to pick up. Like when you're a child, we have this thing where when you grow your first, no, it's not that. When you grow your first tooth? No, that's not it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't remember that, would I? <laughs> I don't think it was a birthday. It must be something different. Yeah. And you were too young for your first yeah. period. So yeah, No, bad. no. My period I got when I, was, I came to Sri Lanka. My mom still tells me. She was just like, I, I mean, when I came to Canada, she was just like, it was the first like two or three months after I we came to Canada and I got my period and they had to do that event. And she was just like, you know, it was like only a few months and we had to pull together a few thousand dollars to do this event. And I can't believe we actually pulled it off. She's like, yeah, mom, you didn't have to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if it's tradition, I mean. <laughs> I don't know if I like that event that much, but I don't, I barely remember it. Right. <laughs> I remember some aspects of it, but not all of them. No, I mean, I guess you were really young at that time as well. Yeah. I don't remember anything from when I was 13, like, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. I was, I remember going to the bay because I didn't have any decent makeup. I remember going to the bay to get my face smashed for a foundation, like a powder foundation. And so the lady at the bay picked a color. and It was a MAC um, powder foundation. Um, and I came home and I wore it. I tested it on. My mom is like, well, you should have gotten a lighter shade. It makes you look darker. And I'm like, mom, but that's my shade. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that's a colorism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I'm not going to wear two shades lighter foundation to make me look lighter. No, absolutely not. And like, because that would be so weird. You'd have to do it on your like neck and everything, too, for and, it to. And my arms and my you know, <laughs> back. And, like, even your eyelids, like, stuff like that, right? Like, I know. Messed up. So, like, um, in Sri Lanka, do they sell skin whitening agents? Yeah. 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 In Vietnam, they do. Like, oh, my God. I was just trying to buy, like, a normal sunscreen. I think I told Mm -hmm. you this before. Like, when I was in Vietnam visiting my family, like, I was not born there. Um, My parents were. And so... Uh, we went to visit like after my dad retired Mm -hmm. and I was just trying to buy like a regular sunscreen like once you can find here yeah I couldn't find anything that did not include some kind of like whitening agent Agent? I didn't want to put that on my skin I was like okay what chemicals are in this right like what is it doing to your skin or your health or your body yeah (laughs) yeah and especially if you're putting it on and then exposing yourself to the sun like what reaction what chemical reaction yeah is that having right so like I just didn't buy it I was just like I would rather go natural than put this on my skin skin. well one of the famous most popular brands of um, skincare or facial cream product is called fair and lovely I've heard of it yeah so the name itself is fair and lovely it's not dark and lovely Mm -hmm. well one time I caught myself 
mm-hmm. saying that I had fair skin. One time I caught myself saying that. And the reason I did that was mm-hmm. because when I was in university, there was a girl who always told me that I had fair skin. Does that mean you have light skin? Because I never understood what that word meant until recently. It does. Like, oh. Yeah. So the fact that she just always said that to me, mm-hmm. the word just like stuck in my head, right? Yeah. So when I described my skin color, I described it as fair. And one time, I remember saying it out loud and it just didn't sound right. <laughs> like, why, why am I calling light skin fair? Like, yeah. that doesn't make sense. I also went to get my face waxed at one point because I had an event to go to. And as she was waxing my face, she goes like, you know, you have really fair light skin. You just had to do more waxing to, you know, get that color out. I guess because I had tiny little hair on my face. She couldn't see that my skin was a little bit lighter than what it is. I'm just like, and she kept on emphasizing, "You have really light skin. Did you know that?" Uh, I never, it never really, um, it never really like came across as an issue before. Not that I really care that I do or I don't. Mm-hmm. But she, she was trying to sell me or convince me to come to get my face waxed more often by telling me that, oh, you know, there your lighter skin is hidden beneath all that hair. What the hell? <laughs> it's not like I have a lot of hair. But like, like, you mean all the little baby hairs on your face? Yeah. That's so bullshit. <laughs> I'm like, all right, thank you, bye. Oh my god. The only time anyone ever, like... Okay, so, like, white boys at my school... Yeah. Um, used to make fun of me because of my, quote, mustache. <laughs> you have a mustache? Well, because I have dark hair and light skin, right? Uh-huh. So it shows up a lot more, right. like the contrast. Yeah. And I don't know how close they were standing to me, but, <laughs> um, you know, I would get made fun of every day for having a mustache. Oh. And I just thought, like, that's weird. But then, like, that translated into when I was older mm-hmm. and I started using this cream that you can buy at shoppers. Oh, to, like, like, you mo- put it on for a few minutes and then it lightens the hair oh it's the bleaching one yeah so yeah. you're not actually shaving it off because like you know the myth how if you shave it it grows back like darker darker yeah <laughs> so i didn't want to do that so i actually like started bleaching it and that's really dangerous because that it smells so strong mm. and to put that like underneath your nose like you're directly inhaling it yeah but i used to do it just because like i thought like oh i don't want to have this mustache right it work it did work, like it bleached, yeah. But then I started questioning, like, how healthy it actually was. I know people who do it on their. No, well, I don't know them. I heard of people doing it. I just thought my hair is like way too dark for for it to bleach to that level and to get the right color, mm. right? Um, but yeah, I have a lot of hair. Right, but say if you were to do it and yeah. it turns your hair like white, it would look really <laughs> strange against your skin. Yeah, and I would have to go wax it then at that point. But you wouldn't have to wax it, like, in the first place. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just leave everything alone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know about walking around with a mustache. I have done it with a little stubble, uh-huh. especially when I was in school. I wouldn't have enough time to just go, go and, you know, do my upper lips, my bottom lips, my eyebrows, because my master's was a bit intense. And if it's a little bit of stubble, I didn't care. And, like... Are these experiences that you have with the color of your skin mostly in Sri Lanka? Oh, no. It's here as well. Here as well, yeah. You don't know mm-hmm. how people. Um, I guess lately I've been exfoliating my face and taking care of my skin a little bit more because I'm getting older. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and my one of my uncles came up to me and he was just like, have you been bleaching your face? Your face looks lighter. And I'm just like, no, I'm not bleaching my face. I don't think, I mean, I know I don't do that and I don't believe in it. But if you think my face looks like it's glowing or it looks healthier, then it's because I've been taking care of it more. So even the men know about this bleaching practice. Oh, it's so common. In terms of like the color spectrum, I'm a little bit on the darker end with my family because my other cousins are a little bit lighter um, or like a lot lighter. So there's still that hierarchy. Uh, People have that hierarchy or that notion. So the, the kids don't have that for sure, but the parents do. And it's just like, oh, if you're a little bit darker... Uh, it's just like, oh, she's dark. Oh my god, that face that they make. Oh, they'll be like, oh, even even though she's dark, she's she still has pretty features. I'm just like, what do you mean, even though she's dark? Yeah, that's so much. You know, <laughs> it's just the color that God gave you. So exactly. appreciate it. Yeah, you know, it's just you. It's part of you. So you can't. And I know people who are still scared to go out in the sun because you know us browns we get darker. Right. And um, I don't, I don't like that I get darker in patches. Right. <laughs> so if I'm going to get darker, I would rather have dark skin all over, so that I'm not like ten different shades of brown. But I am fifty shades of brown everywhere. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I actually am. It's just like it's really hard to get an even skin tone, but um, but that's just the way my body is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, there's still people, like if I wear lighter clothing, like I could never wear white because if I do wear white, they'll be like, oh, did you, were you out in the sun a lot? You seem like you got darker. Oh, because of the contrast. In a negative mm. connotation, right? But you don't realize it's because I'm wearing white or neon color. That's why it makes you look darker, right? right? Or if I wear darker colors, then I look a little bit lighter. So I'm just like, oh, you, you look like you got whiter. And I'm just like, um, it's just the color I'm wearing. Wow, that's interesting. Like, I never, obviously, because I never have that experience. Like, I can't. Mm-hmm. Like, I just didn't, didn't imagine that was something that you experience like regularly. Someone just commenting on the shade of your skin on a certain day. Oh yeah, like, that's messed well, up. When I was little, and not little, teenage, adolescent years, um, it did used to get to me because my grandma would also say the same thing because. I'm a little bit um, on the darker end for my brother. Brother is a bit more lighter skin than I am. And it's just, uh, she would you say that, oh, even though you're dark, um, you have this or this. And I didn't like that a lot. And it did play a part in my self-esteem mm-hmm. or play a part in affecting my self-esteem. And uh, as I grew older, I realized how much of an issue it is. Mm-hmm. Right. And and they don't see they don't see they don't understand what they're saying or how much how backwards their thinking is. But it's really hard to change someone like my grandma because she's eighty two and there's no way mm-hmm. to like get her to go back to thinking um thinking straight. Right. But um but I can change the way I react to it, right? right? I can say that's fine. This is my skin, I'm happy with it. If you're not, that's your problem. Yeah. Yeah. I think like that's really important, just changing the way that you react to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know that it's like really backwards thinking. 
So like, why should you be affected by it, right? So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But like, I was gonna say something. I forgot. Oh yeah, I was mm-hmm. gonna say like children. You know, we don't come out of the womb all of a sudden knowing colorism, right? We don't come yeah. out of the womb knowing this. So I remember like. When I was growing up, I had friends of all different color and skin tones, and like it was all cool. Like we all hung out, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, like you know, we would like, you know, hang out after school while waiting for the school bus or something like that. Mm-hmm. And my mother would come pick me up and like see me talking to a bunch of kids, mm-hmm. and she would like be all nice to them, whatever, whatever. When we were there with them, and when we went home, <laughs> the moment we went yeah. home, and the door was closed. Yeah. They would start asking me, like, oh, who are these kids? What do their parents do? Like, why is their skin so dark? Like, <laughs> oh my well, not, why is your skin so dark? But, like, why are you hanging out with people like that, right? Like, God. and it's just like, what? And I was so confused. I'm like, these are my friends. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like, I didn't see what their skin color had to do with anything, really. Being friends with no. them. Or- no, and, like, it's it's interesting how... All of this comes from our family, right? So like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one of my very first friends that I had trouble making friends. So one of my very first friends in grade seven and eight was black. She's new. She was new to Canada as well. And um, she came from, I forgot what. Uh, what country, but somewhere in Africa. And her family was the most nicest, sweetest people. And my parents were, they were just like, oh, you have a black friend? Ooh, well, how is she? Like, they did ask a bunch of questions, but they were still like, oh, Vinny's only friend is a black friend. (laughs) (laughs) Why does that matter? Yeah. We can't just be happy that you have a friend. Yeah, I know. Finally have a friend, mom. (laughs) Um, speaking of which, when I was little, before the war started, I was really young and, uh, like, I think I was in kindergarten perhaps or junior or senior kindergarten and we used to have a nanny, but she wasn't really a nanny. She was just somebody who took care of me and took care of the house as well. Uh, and we, I guess we paid her or we just gave her a place to stay and fed her and things. And my both my parents worked so she took care of me and apparently I heard stories from my mom saying that I wouldn't let her touch me because I used to say oh um I used to tell her oh because you're dark you don't touch me right (gasps) and this was yeah I know that was my reaction when I heard this from my mom right but I was really young right so in in the context like you can see how much of a impact other people's views or other people's like thought process can affect a little kid right yeah the way your family is the way the beliefs that people have been um inputting or the way they act could impact children yeah for sure I was in senior or junior kindergarten so if you heard that from people around your neighborhood or people people close to you then if you grew up in a racist environment or an ignorant environment, then those those ideas would be with you when you're a kid until you get more educated, mm-hmm. right? And you begin to think for yourself. Until you begin to think for yourself, your thought process or your beliefs or your uh, opinions are not yours. It's 
the people who are around yours. Mm-hmm. For sure. Because right? when you're a kid, you can't formulate your own opinion and realize, oh, this is right, this is wrong. Right. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure I was being a little kid, right? I was, I probably didn't mean it like, oh my gosh. Like, I probably didn't even know what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't even know. Right? colorism was an issue <laughs> yeah i mean we're just we're just parroting and repeating what and we think i was right. on the darker end too so mm-hmm. in comparison to other Sri Lankan tamils i was on the darker end mm-hmm. um and come to canada i was definitely on the darker end right <laughs> so like when people take pictures it's like you could never you can't see me because this is like overexposed or <laughs> or you can only see me. <laughs> I know you mentioned um, when we went gallery hopping that you feel more Canadian than you do Sri Lankan. And like, what is, can you talk a little bit about that? Like, other than the fact that you've been in Canada longer. <laughs> um, what it means to be a Sri Lankan? Or just like, well, because you said you feel more Canadian, like you identify more with a Canadian. Well, so we left Sri Lanka because because of the war mm-hmm. and um i do have this identity crisis because i grew up my childhood childhood days were in sri lanka right but it was in the northern sri lanka where there's more tamil population so i identify with myself as well i am tamil but tamil uh, or tamil has become um my i guess, I guess cultural identity and then in terms of my beliefs are way more liberal because it it, sh- it was shaped because I grew up in Canada because I'm a Canadian, right? But my struggle is that how do you, how do you, because of my culture and where, where I was born, it's, um, what am I trying to say? It's, um, it's sometimes it's polar opposites, right? The Western culture and Sri Lankan, the Eastern culture, right? Um, trying to put those together and try to see, okay, which one do I want to follow? Which one do I not? It's a struggle every day. I'm just like, am I? I can be 100% um, Sri Lankan Tamil because some of the beliefs or notions that they follow are not in line with my way of thinking, right? And my way of thinking was shaped by Canadian education, Canadian culture right so I need to I often have to figure out which ones do I follow which ones do I not I'm more westernized or liberal in my way of thinking but my core values or my core core thought process is more Tamil Mm -hmm. that's so interesting so like being like being close to my family or you know like my notions on marriage or things like that it's it's very traditional Whereas, like, equality or uh, believing in an equal society or <laughs> believing in uh, uh, having equal rights for females, those are more liberal. Yeah. I mean, the reason I ask is because, like, I was born here. So definitely yeah. I have probably more of um, a Canadian identity mm-hmm. than you do in the, in the sense that I never lived another culture. However, it's funny because like I like a lot of people who were born outside of our parents, um, what do you call it, 
birth country. Um, yeah. We we tend to like reject that side of us mm. because we want to fit in at school, right? We don't want to seem like right, you know, ethnic. <laughs> so we spend a lot of our childhood and our teenage years rejecting that side of us. And then mm-hmm. later on, we start realizing, especially now when there's just more like representation happening, we start mm-hmm. to try and like figure out that side of us a little bit more instead of rejecting it. Well, I used to go through that phase as well when I was because I came here in grade five or six, so like around that time. So that's like going right into adolescent, right? So I didn't know what to follow. Mm where I fit in I still feel like I don't fit in anywhere right Mm -hmm. (laughs) and there's only few like other outcasts or outliers that I fit in with that I I click with but I don't fit in with I don't I I personally feel like I don't fit completely in with a whole lot of Tamil people or people my age because I I feel like I fit in I have a better connection at times with somebody who's a bit older, like 82 years old, and I can share my stories with them and they can share their stories. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends for a long time slash friend slash neighbor was an 82, 82-year-old woman mm-hmm. um, who passed away last year. But like I had more connection with her than I did with people in high school. Um, but it's just, it's just, um, it took me a while to learn how to balance both of them and to realize, okay, what type of person am I? What is going to be my driving force and who am I becoming? Right. So I don't think it happened overnight where I'm just like, this is it. This is how I'm going to accept it. I used to care. I still, part of me still does care about what people thought or how they would see me, if they're judging me, if I'm judging them. But it took a lot of a long time to be like, I don't care what you think about me. Right. Um, people might think of it as arrogant, maybe, but that's your problem. But it's just, I if I want to do something, I'll probably do it. I think that's why we get along, because we're the same. <laughs> we're the same in that sense. Like, I don't really care what anyone thinks of me, and I also get along with old people. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, we worked at the textile yeah. museum, and most of the volunteers were over 50, and I... I got along really well with them. Yeah, they're so great. Like, they have so much knowledge. <laughs> I love talking to um, people of a certain generation because I feel like we bond more. Because mm-hmm. my thought process is maybe in that generation. I, well, you know, ever since I was a kid, I always felt like, I mean, I don't feel this way now because, you know, mm-hmm. we're all adults. But, like, as a kid, I did feel like I was a lot more mature than all the other kids around me. Yeah. Like, I just didn't want to do all the same things. I wasn't interested in any of, like... I mean, you and I are the same in the sense that we don't really follow pop culture. (laughs) Mm. Like, I have no interest in it. I get quite boring. (laughs) I'm not interested in pop culture, like, at all. Like, um, obviously, I'm still on on the internet, so I'll see things, but I'm not going to, like, be obsessed with anything or buy into anything, (laughs) right? So I just... I think there are better things to do in life um, other than that, but that... At the same time, like, now I know that I'm not superior to people who do, mm-hmm. right? It's just their way of yeah. life versus my way of life. It's just, that's not, that's not what I find to be fascinating or would like to spend my time doing mm-hmm. versus this is what they would like to do. So I'm in no place to 
judge um, if they want to do that, go ahead. That's their life. And this is what I want to do. And so I have to find friends who like doing the same things. Mm -hmm. Which can be hard, which is why I've learned to be by myself a lot. And I enjoy being like, I enjoy my own company. And that's something that I feel like a lot of people need to learn how to do is just like, it's enjoy themselves. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. Because actually, so before I started university, my bachelor's which was at St. George campus and I'm from Scarborough and I it was it was one of the hardest but it let me to grow a lot more and be more independent uh, and to learn to do things myself because when you have 200 people students in a class you need to be able to go into that class and be by yourself because you're not going to meet the same person every every class or sit beside the same person so it's just you're all you got, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But going to events or going to do things by myself, I haven't um, learned how to do that until recently because I realized that people are not always going to be available to do things with you. So if you really want to do something and you want to do it right there, right then, you should just go ahead and do exactly. it. Exactly. I've traveled right? so um, much by myself just because, you know how hard it is to be like, hey, like, are you available and do you want to spend several hundred dollars on flights? You know what I mean? It's just, (laughs) nobody's going to say yes. They're going to be like, let me look at my schedule and then never get back to you. (laughs) So I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to go alone. (laughs) I haven't learned, I haven't done traveling by myself. I have two other friends who are also single. So we travel together and we try to make it work, but that's on my to-do list Mm -hmm. of things to do alone. I went to the beach alone the other day, and that was the first time I actually did. Mm-hmm. And it was actually quite quite empowering. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm actually doing this, and I don't care <laughs> about what people think. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was really peaceful. And I have never done that by myself before. And um, except for a few catcalling, it was pretty good. And I just felt like. This is me being alone with my thoughts, and I don't mind it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I don't think I would have been able to say that in the past. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Because I'm always just like, oh, I need to find somebody to go with. Well, now I don't have to. If I want to go to the beach, I'll go alone. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And it's like a really good time to like reflect and think and figure course, yourself out, right? Because I feel like sometimes other people can hold us back. <laughs> For sure. and. It's weird that um, I I also thought, hmm, I wonder, maybe because I'm almost, I'm turning 30 and I'm getting older, (laughs) you know, as people get older, that, uh, that they, um, you know, they really don't give a crap about what, what other people think or feel about them. They just do what they want to do. Yeah. Maybe this is something that comes with age. I mean, I have a few (laughs) friends um, who are theater people because I sometimes do theater haven't in a while but you know I have in the past um yeah so these theater friends they're older ladies you know around like 40s 50s Mm -hmm. and they are just the most like they don't give a shit what anyone thinks about them (laughs) you know and they're just so liberated um and they just do whatever the hell they want and having that influence in my life from like a young-ish age I would say like early 20s Mm -hmm. like I had that yeah I think it just helped me a lot because like you know, like I'll go out without shaving my legs, for example, because I don't care. I don't care. 
Yeah. Like if I don't want to shave my legs, I don't want to shave. I don't want to shave my legs. Like I don't have to. Um, How long is your hair though when you don't shave it? Hmm? How long does your hair get if you don't shave your Depends legs? Depends how long I leave it off for. Like, sometimes <laughs> I will shave it just because I'm like, okay, I feel like it today. But if I don't, like, then I won't. The thing I'll do for sure, though, is my armpits. Even yeah. if I don't feel like it because, you know, people think that's gross more than legs. But, um, yeah. My legs get pretty <laughs> furry. Furry. <laughs> so, yeah, it grows over, like, a few hours. Like, I can feel it prickling when the night ends. So... I do have to shave it, but there are times I went to work with a little bit of stubble and I'm just like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care because I didn't have time to shave and I didn't want to be late for work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like there's so many things that just hold us as women back. Mm-hmm. You know, like we have to carry a fucking purse <laughs> and that just like holds us back. Right. I don't even have a purse. I've gotten rid of all of mine. I don't have purses anymore. <laughs> but like just things like. You know, it's hot outside, you want to wear a tank top, and you're like, ah, got to spend that extra few minutes shaving, you know? It's like, and wearing a bra. Yeah, (laughs) wearing a bra. (laughs) Which is going to make it sweaty more. Mm -hmm. But then if you don't wear it, people are going to be staring. Exactly. And like, okay, the thing, the silly thing is, and I caught myself thinking this, like, it was so silly. Mm -hmm. Like, just the other day, I went out and I didn't shave my legs, and like, yeah, I always think that whenever there are people behind me snickering, they're laughing at me. Yeah. Mm, like, I always have that thought. And like, they're not even looking yeah. at me, right? Um, yeah. And I know that. And I, I fully know that. But I always just in the back of my mind think, oh, my God, they're laughing at me. Like, I heard these two girls behind me, like, laughing. And then one of yeah. them was like, oh, that's so gross, but also so lazy. And Oh, and you thought it was directed towards you. I thought it you. was directed towards me, but it wasn't. I it have- wasn't. I have the same feeling. I think it, it comes with being... I I heard your last few podcasts that you had, and one of them was about being shy and having all oh, the lack of confidence as well when you were a, younger. Mm-hmm. Right? So I had the same things, and I would always think the same thing, even if it doesn't have to... Has, it has nothing to do with me. Um, it, I think it comes from me being a loner in high school Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I had friends but but our group was kind of like um the outcast group so (laughs) there was an artist there was the writer uh and there was me um so it was just like random people who didn't fit in with (laughs) the other typical cliques yeah came together to be friends but we don't always hang out right yeah (laughs) so like Every time a group a whole pre- people laugh, and I'm just like, oh, are they laughing at me? Is there anything on my face? Is there anything on my... Or, like, sometimes people do stare at you, right? Or they look at you, and I'm just like, wait, is it the lipstick? Is it? Does it look too bad? Or is it my eyes? Do I look weird? Do I look ugly? But, like, recently I don't really care. And I also learned that maybe they're staring because you look nice, not because you look awful mm-hmm. or there's something wrong with mm-hmm, you, right? Exactly. So I learned that recently. <laughs> I learned that recently. Like some people do come up to you and tell you, "Oh, I really like what you're wearing," or this and that, right? So that means, oh, maybe she was staring at you, or he was staring at you because you look nice, mm-hmm. right? It's just a change in perspective. But I'm so attuned to thinking that it's something bad, mm-hmm. right? It's it's because of my thought process since. 
I was an adolescent that never really fit in with anyone. Yeah, and kids can be so mean to each other. Yeah, they can. Even to, like, they can be mean to adults on the bus. Like, yeah. And I sometimes look like a kid, so they make me or may not think I was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I remember um, <laughs> back in the day, I had a few friends, and yeah. the only thing that bonded us, really, and the only thing that we yeah. ever talked about or laughed about was just other people. Oh my that's gosh. It. That's it. And it and I, I I acknowledge that as a phase in my life where mm-hmm. that's what I would sort of derive all of my pleasure from, right? Was just like Oh like gossip? Yeah. And even just laughing mm. at strangers on the streets. Because ah. <laughs> of their hair or like whatever, right? Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um and I'm mm. you know, looking back, I don't recognize that person anymore, thankfully. <laughs> it takes it takes a while to get out of the way, get out of your own way of thinking, mm-hmm. right? Or just the way you've been programmed to think over the course of however many years. And then you realize, wait, I've been looking at this uh, wrong all, all these years, right? Mm-hmm. Or I've been doing this wrong. And to change that mentality. Yeah. Right? Um, it took me a while to be not so judgmental because I think, most not most but like it's being judgmental is like a characteristics like most aunties when you go oh to my gosh. weddings or events they're just like oh look at what she's yes. doing or um <laughs> look at how nice she looks oh did you know this happened or do you think that's real gold or is it fake <laughs> you know mostly yes all like, of those wearing things. gold wearing gold is just like a big thing in like sri lankan um or like tamil culture like more gold you have, you must be rich, or you just have a credit card bill that nobody talks about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, oh, you're in so much debt, but you have so much gold. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Um, uh, so like, like that that judgmental aspect of it. I I feel like I I have I had it. I used to be that, and part of me still might be, but I'm trying to change my uh, change my way of thinking. Right. So, like I said before, just because I'm this way, I strive for perfection in my life or in the things I do, doesn't mean I have to expect everyone else to be that way, right? Right. And it's really hard to not expect people to do certain things the same way you do or to be the same way as you, right? But you can change the way you, you, what you expect from people or how they how you act when they do something that you don't approve of right because just because you choose to live live your life this way doesn't mean you need everyone else to do the same Mm -hmm. um that's really hard because i feel like my my mom is a perfectionist and she (laughs) perfectionist and she does things a certain way and she always like expected me to do things a certain way she would expect her sister to do do it like oh I cook I clean I go to work and I'm doing all these things why can't my sister do it and just like well because she's not you right and she likes to live her life her way so you can't expect her to do the things you're doing because she you you two are not the same person right so I realized that that behavior or that characteristics came from her and I have to change the way I think yeah so that you know I'm not constantly comparing myself to others or others to me it has a lot it has a lot to do with 
meeting different types of people, different characteristics, different um, people of different ethnicity um, and of different like cultural backgrounds. And it shapes the way you think. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and like hearing their point of view and like hearing their backgrounds and culture um, changes the way you view the world. Because, because like I said, like I didn't fit in with the, a group of people. I had different friends from different backgrounds, different cultures, and like, like you, or <laughs> because you were interested in music and like theater as well as museum, mm-hmm. um, museum work. And I met other people who were interested in like, um, oh gosh, I can't remember anything off the top of my head, but <laughs> like, so like she had a different point of view from different things, right? So, um, also not just hanging out with friends in your field yes or your professional field right because I'm in architecture and I find that uh when I was in architecture school most people just hang out with other architecture students right? yeah um or architecture professionals which is fine but I feel like you don't grow or you don't learn or you don't change your way of thinking by just hanging out with Uh, people who have the same interests or same goals as you you have to like expand and have more friends who are diverse Mm -hmm. because diversity is a positive good thing for people to grow for sure that's like why i love living in toronto (laughs) yeah Yeah. right (laughs) i don't think i would have this opportunity if i were in sri lanka or maybe my way of thinking would be a little bit more um Neural mind. For sure, yeah. Like, sometimes when we were kids, when we were kids mm-hmm. and we would talk back to our parents, <laughs> like, yeah. that was, like, unheard of for them. And I, I heard them, like, talking afterwards when we weren't there. They were like, oh, like, this, we didn't sign up for, like, they didn't say this, but, like, basically what they were expressing was, we didn't sign up for this when we came to Canada, you know, that our kids would talk back to us. And they're like, oh, like, what if we raised them in Vietnam? They would have been so, like, obedient. <laughs> oh my god I talk back all the time I think I had that nature yeah <laughs> I, I my mom still tells me that I'm still like that core characteristics of me being um like jumpy happy jolly but like a little bit of uh mischief a little bit of a rowdy I still have that <laughs> a little bit of uh, like uh rebelliousness I still have that as much as it's like a good student, good like professional. I still have that little bit of like mischief side in me that only close friends or family would see. Mm-hmm. Apart from that, I'm pretty composed. Yeah, but I think we all have different <laughs> sides to us, right? That what's that's what makes yeah. us like a whole human being. Human being, yeah. yeah. So it's like you're not just one or the other. You know, you can be like a bit of all of it <laughs> yeah but it's also I found that in well because I'm in architecture right there's not a whole lot of diversity in architecture to my knowledge from the events I go to but it's starting to get more diverse and part of the reason it's not diverse is because people are not aren't aware of um, architecture as a profession or architects or you know mm-hmm. so people I hear people saying, oh, well, architecture isn't diverse enough or, but in order to make it diverse, you need to have, you need to reach out to people of different ethnicities to make them aware of this profession, right? Or to make them aware of the work we do. 
mm-hmm. right? If people don't know about this career choice, then it's harder to inspire people to be in that profession, and it's harder to make it more diverse, mm-hmm. right? So, I when I was doing architecture, I I didn't feel like I had anyone to look up to who who was like me, right? Right? Yeah. Who was who was a Tamil uh, a Tamil South Asian female? Right, like I didn't have anyone to be like, "Oh, can I go to you for advice, or can I ask you this, that?" Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, so that that's it was it was it's still kind of fairly. You should see the response I get um, because I'm petite and I'm a female at uh, South Asian events. Sometimes uh, I don't know if it's out of respect, but they don't shake my hands. Oh, it could be because it's respect. I can't touch a female. Like it could just be like. Oh, um, it might be inappropriate for me to like shake your hands, right? They always go and shake my brother's hands, and then they nod at me, right? Um, but then as soon as I start telling them, "Oh, this is what I do. I'm going to be an architect. I have my master's degree," right? You can see that respect. She's like, "Oh, okay. She's a professional. She's educated. She's smart." And then you can see like other men's like eyes light up. Interesting. Right? It's almost like their respect for you grew grew higher. <laughs> Interesting. I don't like that they don't shake my hand. Right. right. It's just like, well, it's equal rights. Why don't you shake my hands? Like, I'm not going to break. Right. <laughs> hmm. uh, but it's very common. And I think it's just that they don't feel comfortable interacting with females that way. Like, it took me a while to even hug my uncles when I see them. Just like, hey, uncle. Because they were just like, we didn't have that type of relationship. There was always like male female uh, boundaries, right? But now that they have daughters now, so th- they're maybe like used to it by now. So I'm just like, okay, that's so interesting. <laughs> and um, what you call it? My, I was having this conversation with my friend the other day. Like, um, I don't know if this is true or not, but is it true that people gravitate towards physical looks and have more better conversations with people who are much better looking versus people who are not or like the stereotypically beautiful people like is it the first thought in your mind to go talk to the person who's dressed nicely and who looks more presentable and who's like stereotypically beautiful i think it depends on the event um like if you're like a networking event you know it might differ from if you're just like uh, I don't know what other kind of party, <laughs> like a clubbing, or- like just a regular situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you're, it's like a casual event, for example. Cause like for yeah. me, like the physical attractiveness of the person doesn't matter as long as they can have a conversation. Conversation. Right? Yeah. Um, and if it's a guy, mm-hmm. I would be more willing to talk to him if he didn't give me like the sex eyes. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> No, okay, not like bedroom eyes, but like the sex eyes. I don't know if there's a difference, but like it's more like I think you should do a podcast on those eyes. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Where I don't know, you're talking to a guy and like he looks at you as if uh as if he's nervous because he thinks you're attractive. I don't know. It's like which is normal. Uh, I get that it's normal. Um yeah, but I don't know for some reason it makes me want to talk to them less. <laughs> Like, as a friend, you know what I mean? Because I feel like as if I were friend, to keep entertaining yeah. this, then, like, it would lead to we me. wouldn't be friends because he has a crush on me, right? So, like, 
Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> but if I find him attractive and this happens, then that's a different story. <laughs> you know? Fair so, enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My friend was at an event and she said um, there was a group of people talking and this one particular guy was so keen on talking to this other girl who was um, like, I guess, more beautiful than her from her perspective. And at times it seemed like they were ha- he was having the conversation only with her and everyone else he ignored. And it was at a networking event. And um, at the end of the, like when they were leaving, they all exchanged contact information, but he didn't ask for anyone else's contact information except hers. And she thought it was very rude mm. to do that. And it was just like, um, it's not that she was attracted to him or um, any of that. It was a networking event and you were talking as a group of people. And it was just, it was just rude for her, rude that he didn't do that. And then we had this whole conversation on um, with another friend on like, do people ignore others if they find one person attractive and they, they're just like blatantly rude and it, does it all come down to physical appearance right i mean for some people it might yeah for me it does not <laughs> oh gosh yeah what about you <laughs> what about me um it's like for me it depends on who i can talk to who i feel comfortable talking yeah. to Right, because I'm naturally shy when I go to events, but I try not to be. I'm just like, you're gonna regret this if you don't go to this event and have a conversation. So I just, I pretty much got out of my shell of being shy to go to these events alone, and I do go to these events alone now. But and when I do, you just start talking to people, and some people are really interesting, and you click well with them, and others not so much. But in South Asian events, or like. Tamil events, I find, not all the time, but sometimes I find that the men stick together in a group and then, like, they're always in, and it's really, I find it difficult for, like, if there's no other females, it just seems weird for me. It feels like I'm interrupting a guy's party, mm. right? For me to be like, hey, guys, because they're having their own conversations about whatever they talk about, right? I wouldn't be comfortable so, in that situation if it was just, like, all guys yeah. and it was just me. I feel like, a, you know, a, what do you call it? Like, just an ornament. Exactly. <laughs> and, um, and like, I, f- I sometimes feel like um, maybe they already know each other. Maybe they don't. They just bond it. I, d- I don't want to interrupt. But if there is a good mix of male and female group, I'm okay to be like, hey, how is it going? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So I can go talk to them. Or I do feel more comfortable talking to females mm-hmm. versus males. Um, it's just easier for me to, like, uh, start a conversation. Same. Because I know um, they don't want anything from me. Yeah. That's the thing. that I know, like, they don't want anything from me. But sometimes when I talk to a guy, like, okay, if he's around the same age, then it's, like, the whole thing I talked about before about having a crush. But, like, um, if it's, like, an, yeah. an older guy, then that's creepy. Like, if he's giving me those eyes. Oh. Oh my gosh, I did go to this one event and uh, he's a a very good professional, but then I'm petite and I'm short, like I said before. So um, in terms of where men stand, especially if you're taller and um, slightly wider a person, it just seems like they're hanging over you or like crowding you, right? It just feels too 
too much in my space, right? So I like to take a step back so I can make eye contact, but they're really close. So I always have to take like two steps back and they still move forward. Oh my God. It makes me really uncomfortable because I like my space, yeah. right? Don't we all? <laughs> and this one time, this person was shook my hand. He was professional. And then I caught him like peeking at my boobs. Oh. Like a quick <sighs> peek, but I caught him. And then after that... It's like, uh, I don't think I can look at you or talk to you the same way without feeling conscious Yeah, that he checked out my book. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't matter who I am or what accomplishments yeah. I've, like, I've achieved. Yeah. Like, you're just always going to see me as, you know, what do you call that? Like An, an object. object. Yeah. And, and it was at a professional event and, um, and he's around like the same age as my uncle perhaps. And he's also Tamil and it just made me feel really uncomfortable and just like you're just you're my uncle's age and it's really weird my god like I feel super uncomfortable around like older Chinese guys too because they don't stop staring uh, at me yeah I can't yeah like it's so creepy it's really <laughs> creepy um but those are the kind of things that you have to I don't know how do you how do you do you tell them stop staring because he wasn't staring it was just like a peek right but I saw that he peeked <laughs> No, I wouldn't engage any longer. I would just try and get yeah. myself out as soon as possible. Because if you engage with that, if you say, like, don't, like, stop looking or don't stare, like, they'll just... That makes it really awkward. Yeah, and they might, like, see, see that as, like, you know, you just being, I don't know. Um, <laughs> like, you have a stick up your ass. You can't just be happy. Yeah. You know? Oh like, God. which is so annoying. But, so that's why i rather just walk away. <laughs> um, what you would call, like... And it would start an awkward conversation if you did. Yeah, like, yeah which nobody wants. <laughs> and I wasn't wearing anything inappropriate or anything at all. Everything was covered. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter how covered you are. They're still going to look. <laughs> like, it's fact. It's a fact. It doesn't matter, like, if your whole face is covered. Oh, my God. They're still going to look. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, that was something. And yeah. he gave me his business card. I never reached out. I'm just like, uh, no. <laughs> I don't know what intentions are now, so I will not. Did you want me to say closing remarks? Are you going to say it? Oh, no, I'll do it. Okay. Unless... No, no. no, I just wanted to thank you for having me on your podcast. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for coming. I'm so excited. <laughs> You're my first ever guest. So. Yay! I Yay! know first of many because some stories, you do have to hear stories and snippets of people's memories and, um, totally. and their experiences from people of different culture and people of different uh, uh, age group as well. So that, you know, you just, because normally when you're, interacting with people or um like you see them on the subway or you you know you don't know what their story is or what they're going through or what their experiences are mm -hmm. um and I always wonder like oh I wonder what um what her or his um struggles are or what where how did they come here how did they come to be right or like when you see someone who's so established but you don't hear a whole lot about how they got here, right? So mm -hmm. it's really interesting to hear stories of normal, regular people 
versus like Oprah or you know <laughs> like obviously they made it but they're they're also not regular people anymore <laughs> anymore yeah anymore right yeah so like hearing stories about your neighbors or your friends but like digging deeper versus their dating stories makes it makes you connect with them on a different level right for sure I I like doing that with people I love doing that with people yeah I I think that's like a great way to get to know them and also just be part, have their story circle join with yours and it makes your circle bigger. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then there's a lot of parallels that we can draw. Right. From each other's stories. We're yeah. Like from two different countries, two different upbringings, but some things that we have are pretty, fairly like similar, mm-hmm. same comments same Mm -hmm. yeah I was also shy in school just so you know and I didn't have a lot of confidence to speak up nope me neither (laughs) (laughs) I would freak out every time they asked me to um read something I'm like oh shit oh shit oh shit yeah yeah and I don't know where that came from honestly but and I think I also have a bit of an accent. I don't know where it came from, but I, I used to be very self-conscious about it I'm just like I don't know if I'm saying this word right Am I saying it right? I, I once said lawyer as liar. <laughs> I didn't even know I was saying it wrong. <laughs> so funny. A totally different word. <laughs> Everyone started laughing. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they were laughing at you. I think they were just laughing at, you know. They were laughing at me. Well, I mean, also, like, liar. That's hilarious. <laughs> no. I, I wasn't the funny one, so I wasn't making a joke. No, I know, but, like, it sounds funny. I mean, it's like... It's the same thing for someone who's learning English, right? Yeah. When they make a mistake, we're not laughing at them. We're just laughing because what they said was funny in our context. <laughs> You're right. But at that time, the whole class was laughing at me. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it might have felt that way, but I feel like it's a combination of both yeah. laughing at you and laughing at what you said. What I said, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. I'm sure the teacher laughed too. I would have laughed too. It's so funny. So funny. I would laugh at myself now. But. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the girl in my class. <laughs> there was a girl in my class doing a science presentation and she said orgasm instead of organism. So, yeah, she yep. was embarrassed. Oh. Yeah. I wrote um, for remainder, I wrote reminder on the board, and I'm sure the guy behind me was just like laughing, but he didn't even bother to tell me I spelled it wrong, but they were laughing about it. <laughs> Yeah, that's so rude. I mean, they know what they knew what it meant. I guess so. Yeah, they did. 